Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Nationals podcast. Today is December 6th, 2021. Two-part conversation coming up. Part one today with Max Raymond of District On Deck about the Baseball Hall of Fame, their criteria, how to let people in, all that kind of stuff, and what the next generation of baseball fans will kind of do in relation to uh, the steroid conversation, because there's kind of an old guard, there's a new guard. So we break down all of that on today's show, and then the next show will be a conversation about Max Scherzer going to the Mets, and also moves the Nats can make in the offseason here coming up as well. So I hope you guys enjoy part one, talking Hall of Fame conversations right here. Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Nationals podcast. Joining us today, it is Max Raymond of District On Deck. We are going to discuss uh, all things right now in terms of lockout, Hall of Fame ballots, Max Scherzer, and some offseason moves the Nats should make. That's coming up right after this. You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Once again, Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Nationals podcast. Max Raymond is joining us. Max, how is your lockout going right now for you? It's going, man. Um, you know, it's going how it could be without any uh, baseball content, but just hoping that it doesn't take as many months as some people are predicting. Hopefully the two sides get their heads out of their ass and they come to an agreement. But I'm not holding my fingers crossed, you know, just Ryan in the meantime. What about you? How are you doing uh, in what feels like day 100? It's not easy uh, at, at this point in time. It's, it's been difficult. Um, you know, it's the struggle for content because the, the market's not moving. And we don't really have an inside look at these negotiations. So we don't know what those are like right now. Um, we have the Hall of Fame stuff. We're about to get to that. But it's... You know, it's one of those things where you hope that they're trying to make progress on the deal, right? But like, how hopeful are you? Are the two that the two sides are in the room together after one of them walked out after like seven? What was it? Seven minutes was the reported time the other day. Um, and also, you know, it's not panic time yet, but like, you, you want to see progress being made right now, as opposed to what a long time ago. I mean, I'm not sure how you feel, but I think that 60 game season could have been uh, 80. Uh, mm-hmm. last year could have been maybe 90 closer to a hundred, but you know, and, and they had a chance to bring us sports again and, and they kind of dropped the ball and, and couldn't get a, uh, you know, a short-term labor deal done. What, what gives us confidence that, you know, that they're not going to at least wait to like the, the 10th hour to get this one done. Right. I don't have a lot of confidence also because for people that have been paying attention to this situation, they've seen hints of a lockout since, 2018 2019 this has been in the works for two to three years now and we've talked about this in the past you and i about how we want to be surprised if a lockout was coming and we've talked about this months ago and now here it is and something i predicted in 2019 and if it's happening after two and a half years and nothing was fixed i don't have any um hopes that after two and a half years where they had time that they're going to do any better um I'm actually surprised they met for seven and a half minutes. Knowing them, I wouldn't have been surprised if it was only two minutes. So I'm just hoping that we get a season this year. 
Yeah, I, I, I'm, I mean, I'm confident we are. The one thing I want to avoid, Max, I think we're all kind of on the same page, is we saw the injury toll that it took in 2020 when guys weren't on normal routines. And we've talked about this ad nauseum, but baseball players are so routine-oriented. Mm-hmm. And I would hate that with all this time that they have after, regular, after a regular season, they would somehow mess up that rhythm and not start spring training on time, right? Not uh, get things done and have the guys report when they need to. Because I think there's a lot of guys who are still kind of reacclimating to having a normal season in 19, a shortened season in 20, and a long season in 21. I mean, that especially for guys who are pitchers, that's kind of a reacclimation, right? And, or, or if you're an everyday field position player, playing 162 as opposed to playing, you know, or playing 150 as opposed to maybe 55 or 50, you know, 58 that you played the year before, it's a pretty big jump, right? And trying to get your body, you know, take care of it and get used to it. I mean, that's that's why spring training is important. You ease yourself in, right? You, you get in a bat. You get two at bats. You kind of keep working yourself up. You know, you take grounders and grounders and you kind of do that. And the, the 2020 problem was they started, they stopped, they restarted, which was really difficult. I would hate to see a scenario where they had to approach not starting on time and and, and not, uh, not be able to have these creatures of habit you know, continue those good habits that they like doing. Yeah, I agree with you, man. Um, but as 2020 showed, it just took so long for them to get anything in agreement. And it was just back and forth with what felt like outrageous um, ask from both sides. Like, yeah, they would have stuff that was reasonable. And the next thing you know, they're saying something that you're like, there's no way in hell anyone in their right mind would do that. And what's the change from last year's negotiations to this year's? I mean, have they learned their lesson? No. And they clearly show they haven't learned their lesson. So, yeah, they are creatures of habit. But at the same time, the owners are petty. The players know what they want. They know what they're worth. The owners, on the other hand, they want to cut as many corners as possible. And I think it's just going to be a mess in the meantime. Yeah, I, I think everything's kind of caught in the middle right now. And look, it's just the beginning, but you want to hear about some progress soon, right? You want to hear about them meeting and trying to get things done. Uh, all right, let's talk about some Hall of Fame things. Now, uh, some players were added last night, and it's what the, you know, I forget. We Everybody jokes and calls it calls it the old-timers, right? It's like the old-timers class. Uh, but this was from the, the Golden Era's Baseball Committee uh, and then the Early Baseball Era Committee. And... They put on, uh, I think that's, that's that, yeah, that's what it is. Um, Gil Hodges, Jim Cott, I think is how it's pronounced, Cott, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Minnie Minoso, Tony, uh, Tony Oliva, Bud Fowler, and Buck O'Neill. And, you know, I've got really nothing to say about those guys. Can't say I remember too much of them. Obviously, I think Buck O'Neill, pretty important figure in history, especially when it comes to players of color getting a fair shake. But it kind of made me start thinking about the 2022 ballot. And I don't know, we've seen a bunch of them online. Um and the big conversation is, right, it's the last year Bonds and Clemens are on. I think it's also Kurt Schilling's last year in as, on, the, on the ballot, too. Um, you know, uh, yeah, so 10th for Schilling, 10th for Bonds, 10th for Clemens. I mean, three, and 10th for Sosa as well. Three absolute, like, lightning rod players, right? I mean, for a variety of reasons, not just the uh, potential cheating and steroid users. I mean, you've got – Kurt Schilling's not in yet because of him, his personal stuff. And then also Sammy Sosa too, you know, for the for these steroids as well. And these guys, Manny Ramirez, light uh, lightning rod off the field. So what what's kind of your thoughts about not just the tenth year guys, but the, you know, the guys on this ballot? What, as your kind of opinion of potential steroid users, has it evolved over time, or have you kind of felt the same way? I mean, I think 
I'm at the age where people my generation are more likely to vote for the the steroid and PED users because we just have a different mindset of it, right? We're younger. We don't really agree with the whole they cheated, they ruined the integrity of the game. Because if you look at it, it was allowed at first, and then they went back and changed everything. But, yeah, I mean, growing up, you were taught steroids is wrong, blah, 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 blah. And I always was against it. But I don't know, over the last three, four years, I was becoming more and more reluctant to voting for some of these guys, like, for instance, Bonds. I mean, his old Pirates career aside, dude deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, right? And if you look at the first eight, nine years of his career, Pirates, all the stolen bases, the homers, the all-stars, everything he did. He could have been a Hall of He was like a, what, 70-80 war player just from that alone. And then he goes to the Giants, starts juicing, and becomes the greatest hitter of all time. Apologies to Hank Aaron and Bruce, but he was, right? Yes. He was – you don't intentionally walk – People that no one gets intentionally walked down there, and that dude was intentionally walked all the time. Like it's just how it was. And as a Nats fan, I still remember watching that game on TV where he broke the record because it happened to be against mm-hmm. the Nats. Still not happy that it happened against us, but it is what it is. Uh, yeah, no. So I put Bonds in the Hall of Fame. But the question for you is that I have for you: you vote for Bonds, right? And then you yes, open the flood, and then, and, but then you open the floodgates, and I think that's been the whole hesitation all these years they don't want once one gets in they all get it what's your thoughts on that quick pause in the action on today's show today's locked on nationals podcast is brought to you by our friends at direct tv stream go to directtv.com today to find out what you can do to reduce the clutter in your life a lot of you are like me and probably have a bunch of devices going at the same time you don't need to do that you don't need your best friends neighbors sisters dogs log in to watch you know, HBO Max or Hulu or Netflix anymore. You can get all of your TV in one place with DirecTV. It means no more juggling remotes and no more need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contracts. Get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Yeah, I mean, I, I think... Clemens and Bonds are two examples of guys who were just outstanding. Like, but here's the thing: we acknowledge they were in an era where everybody was doing it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's the thing is that, I mean, Barry Bonds, I, I think, was somebody that was kind of behind it at first, and then, like, he's. I mean, to everybody's account was like he saw what people were doing, and he was like, "You guys think you're good doing this? Wait until you see." And I, I mean, I think he's got a pretty inflated ego. Uh, it sounds like when he was the Marlins hitting coach, he thought he could just show up and be Barry Bonds and that would help the players somehow hit. And uh, it, no, it doesn't. And, but, but like that guy was so good. That's why when we brought up Soto's numbers this year, and I think part of the reason why he deserves to be considered for, or, you know, I think the heart of his MVP argument, argument, in my opinion, Max was that second half on base because who's the other person that was brought up in this conversation, Barry Bonds, right? His numbers, mm-hmm. it's, it's, when people were like, he was reaching base this this amount. That's Barry Bonds type stuff. And we never thought we'd see that ever again. And, you know, walk rate, like, it's not all intentional walks. You know what I mean? They weren't all intentional walks. Like, he had to work some of them himself. He was just a tremendous hitter. He was a tremendous hitter. We already knew that. And so, to me, Barry Bonds is like a no-brainer. Also, it's part of the history of, of the league. And, you know, I... 
I have, I don't have a huge problem with it as much. I actually think in sports, we have this big problem where we don't acknowledge the science of it and we don't really embrace the science. And I'm somebody who wants to see the sports at the at the highest level. I don't need a bunch of guys who are like juiced up like WWE guys, like walking around playing all my sports. But like, I think there is a way in which, you know, we use the term doping, but like drug, you know, using medicine to help guys get the most out of their athletic careers is not something I'm opposed to. I mean, do you feel the same way? Like, I don't want guys, you know, going people behind people's backs and, uh, you know, taking injecting needles like Smash Williams and, and Friday Night Lights. I think we should embrace kind of the science. And I feel like to me, like I don't really have much of a problem. I mean, I saw Cristiano Ronaldo take off his shirt the other day after he scored a goal. Uh, look what that guy looks like at 37. Yes, he's a health nut, but I- I'm sorry. Like his pecs have pecs. And it's like, I mean, what are, we, what are we doing here? Like, what is the stigma here about this? And, you know, to me, it's not that big of a deal. I would put all those guys in. I don't agree with anything Kurt Schilling has ever said, um, but I'm not evaluating Kurt Schilling the person, am I? Like, it's not what I'm asked to do here. And, and the, you know, it's not like he's ever broken the law or anything. So, you know, I, well, I don't mind putting Kurt Schilling in too. For that, let me bring up something that a lot of people either don't know about or they tend to ignore. And the Hall of Fame, Baseball Hall of Fame has a character clause. Yes. And based off that alone is why I won't vote for Schilling. Like, yeah, right. I mean, sure. people then like to bring up the argument, well, a bunch, if you're doing that, then a bunch of people back in the day don't belong in the Hall of Fame either. I'm like, you're right, but you're not going to take them out now because they were voted in back then for a reason. Right. Like, this isn't us voting for them. Like, but, you know, for when it comes to Schilling and his comments like that, no, hell no. I'm going to invoke that uh, character clause. I'm not putting him anywhere near it. At this point, even though it's for different reasons, Schilling's like, don't vote for me. So, and that that's helping. But for like the steroids guys, I mean, you can make the argument that's against the character clause also. But let's not forget, steroids weren't illegal to start with. Steroids were tested, used. They allowed them to do it. They let them do it because it saved baseball. Uh, McGuire Bonds or McGuire Sosa race anyone? It saved baseball during a because of that '94 strike. Everything starts going downhill. You got the guys juicing out of their minds, Consuelo, McGuire, the home run race, and then baseball is popular again because what do people want to see? Dinners. And that's what I'm talking about. That that's what I'm when I say using medicine to help guys maximize their mm-hmm. athletic careers. Like that's what I'm talking about. You know, and and you know that's that is part of this. And also one thing people don't realize like the the technology the the detection is always behind the actual medication itself and somebody's combat sports fan like we see a whole lot of this and that's why they started testing not just for the medication itself but masking agents right okay we can't catch you on the on the juice let's te- let's test for stuff that masks the juice that is to me like and and that is to me something that we don't acknowledge enough across the sport and sure you know if if i mean I do not like Kurt Schilling. I find him to be a detestable person. If yeah, if you want to, you know, the Hall of Fame for me, like there is a certain line I guess I would draw. As long as he is he's not doing really awful, horrible stuff, and it's like his views on things that I disagree with, I, I tend to be like, you know what, it's fine. It's whatever. And I'm not gonna clutch pearls. That's fine if you want to. If if you want, you know, if you say, hey, uh, I just I think our Hall of Fame should stand for great players who are good representations of the game, that is totally okay too. If you don't think Jackie Robinson belongs in the same place as Kurt Schilling, that's really fair. I might be wrong mm-hmm. in saying they do belong both in the Hall of Fame, right? I could be wrong. It just, to me personally, 
unless he's like a criminal or hurting other people or outright just, you know, an awful, terrible person, which he might be, but like, you know, borderline criminal type behavior or hateful behavior to hateful is the right word, then I'm okay with it. No, I mean, I get it. And like what I said, is not going to be popular, but I mean, it's just, I think he actually might be in the, I think he might be in the majority on that. Yeah. I don't know. I stay off of Twitter shilling converse arguments for a reason because (laughs) those go dark. So I have no idea what people's opinion on the matter is, but I have a question for you going back to last night's hall of fame. Uh, Do you think Dick Allen was robbed once again? I mean, I, I don't know. Like, there, so the robbery thing is this weird conversation where we talk about like these guys and I tend to say if I didn't, cause I can't really speak to his career. I didn't really watch a whole lot of it. Like bonds. Mm-hmm. I went back and watched. I mean, I grew, I was born in San Francisco. I grew up watching it when I was really, really young and obviously going back and watch a lot. Now I can't say because I haven't watched them. I think we use the numbers a whole lot, obviously a fantastic career, right? Somebody who had a, uh, you know, MVP, you know, one of the MVP, in his career and obviously was an all-star multiple times. Um, if So I, I don't have an opinion on it, but I mean, people generally seem to think he's been robbed, correct? Yeah, uh, that's what I was asking. Like some of the people from Fanta, I believe so, Passon was tweeting about it, Rose and Paul Heyman, they're all like giving their, their uh, support for him. And for a guy that played for the Phillies and the – okay, there's a reason. He played in the 60s and 70s, so of course we never right. got to watch him play. But yes. for a guy well, – There's just not as much like fo- footage mm-hmm. on YouTube like readily yeah, available too. to watch him play. Yeah. But when you see all the mainstream reporters in support of him, that's when I tend to be like, uh-oh, something – they're not right. – something's wrong. Um, because I'm looking at his numbers, right? And played from 63, 77. Uh, 292 hitter, 351 homers, MVP award, 133 stolen bases, yeah, thousands of RBIs. I believe I think he was over a thousand yeah, RBIs. Yeah, well. 1,119 and a 912 OPS, like, and 58.7 WAR for what they use today. So I mean, I I guess you and I aren't the right people to ask if he was robbed because right. we didn't really have an opinion on it. But from I was just curious because of how vocal Twitter was last night compared to in other people, it just seemed like something that was the wrong decision. One more final pause in the action on today's show. Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is brought to you by our friends at Built.com. Go to Built.com today and check out the entire Built Bar selection they've got right now. Holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or even better than a candy bar, Built Bar, right now, filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, covered in chocolate and amazingly low calorie, low sugar, net carbs, and fat, and also it's high in protein. You get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. So many flavors, uh, raspberry, mint brownie, cherry, double chocolate, cookies and cream, peanut butter brownie, all great holiday favors. Go to built.com today. That's built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, LOCKED15, for 15% off at built.com today. Yeah, and it kind of turns our attention to like this class right now. I mean, there's so many, there's so many interesting players. I think in this in this class, especially because now for you know you're, for people you and I's age, a lot mm-hmm. of these guys now going on the ballot are guys that we grew up watching, right? And that yep. is to me really fascinating and interesting. I think it's really good for the like people who are our age who watch the sport, people in their 20s, and it's a group that they want to keep. You know, us having these conversations is important. And part of these guys are tail end steroid era guys, right? Ramirez being one of them. 
Um, but there's an interesting mix. You know, Bobby Abreu, Barry Bonds, Mark Burley, Clemens. Was Carl Crawford interesting to you? Did you I mean, like, so, I never thought of like, – whenever I watched Carl Crawford, I was never like, you know, wow. I think I only started watching him at the end of his career when he was always hurt, like when he was in L.A. or on Boston. Because his best years, I believe, came with Tampa, correct? Yeah, no, that's, that's what I remember him for. I mean, he was yeah. a fantastic hitter, but like I mm-hmm. never remembered Carl Crawford thinking like, holy hell, this guy is a – Okay, you know, I mean, I didn't realize he had his 480 stolen bases. That might be that might be what it is, right? That that's kind of mm-hmm. I mean that, that's gotta be because he's 290, 330, 4, uh, 435, 765 slash line. Now the yeah. guy was, I mean, yeah, like in terms of total bases, I mean the guy is, you know, is approaching three thousand, which is like really good. Um but I never watched Carl Crawford like I know there's guys who are kind of on the the, the cusp, if you will. Never thought Hall of Famer. So the two names that were intriguing to me the most. Tim Lincecum. Yes. Yep. Because he was one of the most dominant pitchers to start his career and injuries derailed it. And I just think he only played 10 years. I think because of injuries, he doesn't get in. Sadly, I think he's going to be off the ballot after the first year. But people need to remember, he won back-to-back Cy Youngs. Right? He won back-to-back Cy Youngs in 2008-2009. So his rookie year, 2007, 146 innings. Then the Full, then his first full season of the year, Cy Young. Next season, Cy Young. And then he was on uh, all three World Series teams. Granny wasn't what he was for like the 14 team, but three World Series rings, two Cy Youngs in what, a six-year span? Yeah, that's, you know, I'm looking at his numbers now. And obviously I remember him very well. And mm-hmm. um, I remember being really young and remembering him, uh, you know, like when I first started following baseball, I think they made the college baseball video game in like 2006, like in that range. Um, and I remember him being, uh, I forget, I, I forget. I think maybe something, I don't know, but I, I remember, I, I think he was involved somehow with the game, uh, but he was either in the game or they kind of made a player like him. I thought in the game, I may not be right there, but you know, there's a guy that he was fantastic. And the problem is Max is like at age 27, it just stopped. You know yeah. what I mean? And he's, he had injuries. so many injuries and injuries derail mm-hmm. him. It's tough, but you know, that is, it brings up the question of like baseball is one of those sports where we don't really reward short, short-term dominance. Um, basketball's Hall players. of Fame. Yeah. Basketball's Hall of Fame is not very selective, but like Yao Ming, who's may, I, might actually be a good comparison here. Yao Ming was an awesome, awesome basketball player. He just never stayed healthy and it cut his career short, but he's in the Hall of Fame. I think it's more because of what he meant to, to basketball, you know, for the relationship mm-hmm. with uh, China. But still, like, you know, how do you value short-term dominance against sustained success? There's only a few guys, like Sandy Koufax played 12 seasons, which is a very short career. But he's in the Hall of Fame. But also because you got to think about it, he was like the guy, right? Right. He has his what? He has his Hall of his MVP, three triple crowns, three World Series titles. Three Cy Youngs, right? So if you're going to be as dominant for a short period, like that's how dominant you got to be. And, I mean, Lincecum was nowhere close because of injuries, but I'm just sad that he's going to be off the ballot off one year. But the other guy that really intrigues me is David Ortiz because when I saw his name, I was like, oh, he's going to be in first ballot. And then I started reading, and everyone was like, oh, I, I forgot that people don't like to vote for a DH, which I think is so stupid. 
I think that's just the dumbest thing. Like, oh, we didn't play defense. I'm like, so because we the guy overval- we we overvalue defense. Like now, we, we we a lot of the guys. I mean, there's a lot of guys out there that they just shove out in the field. They're like, we need them in the lineup, so we're gonna put them, mm-hmm. you know, put them in the field somewhere. I mean, unless you're absolutely atrocious in the field, like why should I call that against you for not playing in the field for your career? Yeah, I mean, he had. Um, Oh yeah, he didn't play defense, but he had 541 home runs. But because right. he didn't play in the field, we're gonna hold that against him. Seven Silver Sluggers, World Series MVP, ten-time All-Star, LCS MVP, three-time World Series champion. But he didn't play defense, so we're not gonna put him in. That's so dumb. And I, I thought he was gonna be a shoe-in first ballot Hall of Famer, and now like I have no idea. And then of course you got the rumors that he was on steroids in Minnesota right before he came to Boston, right? Because of that report that came out. And that comes against the whole Bond situation. So, like, it's going to be very intriguing if Ortiz gets in and Bonds doesn't because of that. He did the test positive, right? So then – Yeah, I think the he whole, was – was he in the – what was the report called? The Mitchell report. Right. I, I think he might have been in that. I, I he was in the Mitchell report, and he tested positive once, but he, like, never tested positive again. It was weird. But if he gets in, right, after testing positive and being named in the Mitchell report, and Bonds didn't, you have a problem. Right. I agree. No, I, and I agree. It, it, and I think it goes to your point of like, if you're going to let one in, you got to let them all in. Now, mm-hmm. not all of these guys are created equal, but like Bonds yeah. is, it, here's the problem is if, if you don't let Barry Bonds in, nobody's going to outperform him out of that group. Like he's, he's the best hitter in modern baseball history. He won four straight MVPs. So what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's, it's one of the things where, that's why I'm upset. I mean, and I, I don't think any of these guys end up getting in, in my opinion. I don't think any of them do. So that's, that's the kind of, Interesting thing, watching and then it. it's and then it's going to come down to the what we call the old timers committee because by the time they do get in, the people voting for them are going to be people of our generation. So right. it'll be up to us once again. Hey, we're going to push road, him over the edge, Max. Yeah. That's what we're going to do. It's we're so going to push annoying. him over the edge in the end. Um, and then it, it's funny because yeah. I've had talked to some friends back home. They're just like, "Yeah, the only reason I don't want Bonds to get in is because if he gets in, A Rod's going to get voted in." And I think that's hilarious because no one so wants A Rod in. <laughs> Why does he? So why would like? I think they both should be in. To be honest, like I mean, I don't, I mean, I don't find A Rod to be an enjoyable person. Of play, yeah, I just think no one just likes A Rod, and they're just like don't right. want to see him in. Well, this is my point. Like Barry Bonds, I, I mean, I guess he's idolized because I mean, like they're pretty similar players. Like A Rod just hit a bunch of home runs, and here's the thing. To be honest, I remember was it that one season was it the appeal season or the one where he came back and he was pretty old had like a really awesome season. I forget A-Rod? what year it was. He had a really solid year towards the back end of his career, and it's like. This guy's an awesome hitter, man. This guy's an awesome hitter. He is a Hall of Fame-worthy player. Do you agree with that? I mean, I believe A-Rod's. I don't like A-Rod. I don't find his commentary enjoyable. And I, I find him in the in the studio pretty good, but he's with Pete Rose. Ironically, I mean, he hit, he had, I mean, he hit 696 homer. It's hard to not vote for a guy that did that, right? But yes. his whole attitude, his uh, whole – Yeah, but, but how, many guys, how many guys in sports are there that have shitty attitudes? Pardon my yeah, language. but it's a little – yeah, I know, you but know. like, I, I think it's just a little different. I mean, Grant, I'm completely wrong. Some people will love the vote in A Rod, but in my opinion, there's a reason in the movie, the other guys, they look at uh, Mark Wahlberg's character and go, You should have shot A Rod. Right. Right. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's an interesting case. And I, I do think personality does hurt a lot of these guys. I, mm-hmm. I, I do think it, like, you know, um, do have to mention, I don't think there's any other former nationals besides Jonathan Papelbon. On this DC list. Strangler. Yes, the DC Strangler. I saw that Jonathan nickname Papelbon. and I laughed so hard. 
So I believe Joe Nathan's going to get in, correct? Like he's. Are we finally voting in closers? Because I think relievers should be voted in, but for the longest they were trying not to. So I think Joe Nathan, I forget where he's pretty high up on the list. Of, oh, he was a national for a short period of time. Don't sleep on that former national. No, Joe that was no, that was uh, Matt Caps. Oh, Matt Caps, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. Yeah, you're right. So you're right. Joe Nathan had 377 saves, which sounds like a lot. I the oh. all-time saves list, he's like he's like one or two. Let me let me say, uh, look, we're, we're doing the we're doing the live uh, live research here on the show. Um, he's but, eighth. Yeah, Eighth all time. Okay. Yeah. I mean, is- he, I mean, I remember him just having an outstanding, unbelievable career. So mm-hmm. I have no problem with him getting in. I don't think Papelbon's going to get in. But let me um, tell you the names above him, right? To like put it in perspective. The right. only people that have more saves than him, right? Rivera, Marion Rivera, Trevor Hoffman, Lee Smith, uh, Francisco Rodriguez, John Franco, Billy Wagner, Dennis Eckersley. Of the seven of them, four of them are already in the Hall of Fame, which I think helps his case because it looks like more and more. Closers yeah. are getting Billy in. Billy Wagner's on the and st- he's still on the ballot too. He um, should be in. Like he right. Yes. I I would have voted for him last year. I wrote about yeah. that. Yeah, baseball voting is so weird. Like it's it's the one Hall of Fame where like there's just too much. And I think once again, as things get older, I think as things go on, I, I think you're right. Like our generation will end up kind of saving the conversation mm-hmm. in some ways. All right, that will do it for today's show. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at lo underscore nationals. You can follow me at Josh Neighbors underscore part two of our conversation. We'll be out tomorrow on Tuesday, December 7th. We'll discuss Max Scherzer's move to the Mets and also moves the Nationals can make this offseason. Till next time, my friends, as always, stay safe.